You're listening to Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. For more information, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at SBTSongs or check us out at ChrisBlair.com. Hey everybody, Chris Blair here with another episode of Stories Behind the Songs. And this week, I'm sitting down with singer-songwriter Eric Van Houten. Eric is from Buffalo, New York, and he makes songs with a country rock sound and writes from a place of passion and authenticity. He has several singles out on Spotify and gives us the story behind Lucky Me off his debut album, Dreamers. Eric's been playing The Listening Room for quite a while now, so if you've uh, if you've come to a show uh, of his, there's a really good chance that you've uh, seen how great he is and what an awesome show he always puts together. We also get to talk about what it takes to be successful in this town, how he's made great connections with guys like Chase Rice and Krista Stefano, and the key to connecting with his fans through the music. Eric's been in Nashville for about 10 years with an album in the works set to release next year. So keep an eye out for Eric on the listening room stage and listen to his music. You will not be disappointed. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a follow. Let us know what you thought. We appreciate all of your continued support and we couldn't do this without you. So really appreciate it. Spread the word. Let's get to it. Here's my buddy, Eric Van Houten. Hey, everybody, this is another episode of Stories Behind the Song, and I'm here today in Nashville, Tennessee at the Listening Room with my buddy Eric Van Houten. Eric, what's up, dude? What's up, CB? Good to have you, man. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, obviously, Stories Behind the Songs, I want to dive into, uh, start thinking about just a a cool story of, um, you know, how you came up and wrote a song. Sure. But... This is going to be pretty fun because yeah. uh, you're you're more of the artist, sure. uh, great writer. You've been playing here for years. We've been friends for for a long time. Yeah. But I want to dive into um, you know everything that you're doing as an artist because uh, it's you've got a lot of things going on. So yeah, yeah. take yep. us back to the beginning. You're from Buffalo, yep. born and raised in uh, Buffalo, New York. Came here after high school. So just yeah, walk us through how you got into uh, to music and got started man uh my whole like my whole dad's side of the family grew up playing and like playing music and my uncle was in a band my cousin was in a band and um it was just like the holidays every time there was like a birthday or thanksgiving christmas or any kind of get together with the van houten family it was like you know the kids would all run around go to dinner dinner's done and then everybody would pile around the dining room table and you know all the guitars would come out and all 57 of the Van Houten family <laughs> yeah. members would be in the dining room and everybody's just passing guitars and playing songs. And it was just like that moment of everybody coming together after a full day of, you know, me being a kid running around, seeing how it brought everyone in the family together. It was like, okay, I need to figure out how to do this. And then, you know, the classic case, my parents get divorced when I was 11. I picked up an old guitar in the house and just didn't stop. Yeah. So, um, when did you decide that you wanted to move here? Man, it was, uh, I used to play at this spot when I was like 17, literally right out of high school. And I would just play for their like dinner hour at, from seven to nine. It was called O'Neill's. And, um, I would literally just play a bunch of covers for two hours yeah. and, um, started to kind of get busier and busier in the bar in general. And it started like adding to me kind of being a bit more of like in the performing aspect. And I had done like shows kind of sporadically, but I was playing like Goo Dolls or Matchbox 20 style of music. And, um, 
it just kind of, I have no idea where it clicked, but at some point I think somebody asked me to like play a country song and I didn't know any. Um, but my mom loves country. Like she was the country queen. My dad yeah. was like the Eagles and Almond Brothers and James Taylor and like all the, the early classic rock stuff. And then my mom was like Reba McIntyre, Kenny Chesney, Garth Brooks. Like yeah. she was the, the country one. And I was just a punk kid thinking I could play rock music for the rest <laughs> of my life. And, um, I think once more and more people kept asking for country music at this cover show, I'm like, okay, I've heard it my whole life. Let me like figure it out and yeah. see if it's something I can get into. And I was writing, you know, I was writing songs and going through my mom's record book. It was, you know, Kenny Chesney wearing a tucked in t-shirt. It was George Strait, Alan Jackson. I'm like, man, this is just not me. And then I came across the Golden Road record by Keith Urban. Yeah. And he was like leaned up against a, you know, classic car and, hair flying everywhere, no tucked in shirt, chains and stuff and ripped jeans. And I was like, all right, I'll take a listen to this one. We'll see what happens. And I learned like the whole record front to back after that. And it was history, I guess, yeah. the rest of it. Yeah. I love it, man. Well, you've, uh, I mean, you've been very successful in both writing and just kind of building your camp here. Yeah. So talk about that. Cause you, you know, like you're one of those guys that like, uh, it just always seems to blow my mind. Like every time you play here, yeah. you're you're like bringing some. You're friends with like you know Colby Clay and <laughs> Gavin DeGraw, Chris Young, and like I mean, it's just always like somebody that you're bringing up on stage. And like um, you've got this this amazing camp around you. You've been writing great songs. Yeah. Um, you're uh, you, you've you're signed to a, a great pub deal with yeah. Chris. Yeah. So w talk about like how that all happened when you, when you moved here and kind of just, what did you do to, to build that? Man, it's like, uh, I came here a few times before I actually made like the move. And I literally think the last time I came here before I moved, I had met Stefano, and I, I wasn't even living here yet at the time. And my first like night at an actual bar. And I don't even think I was of age. I think I was like 20 years old. Uh, I was with my brother. I had met Chris at the bar. Had like known his name, obviously, just from like once I thought about coming here, I kind of started doing my homework, if yeah. you will, and like all the current songs, who was writing them, who was doing whatever. And um, so I'd kind of known him. And then we had a show on the books with Chase Rice, already kind of like set in stone. And um, he was right next to Chris. And I was like, man, that's okay, cool. Like we're in Nashville. This has got to be what it's like. And me and Chris started talking hockey because it was in the middle of November. Yeah. It was on the screen at the bar and told him I was from New York. He's from, like, New York, New Jersey area. And um, we just, like, hit it off and had a great, like, couple hours. And then out of nowhere, late-night bar situation happened at Tin Roof on Demumbrian, and it was – can't even make it up. It was really me, Brett Eldridge, Chase Rice, Chris Young, and DeStefano all on, like, the Tin Roof stage. I'm just holding a guitar somehow randomly. I'm like 20 years old. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but if this is natural, I got to be here kind yeah. of thing. And then fast forward a couple of months, I ended up opening a show for the radio station up in Buffalo and had met like a, a record label cat named Greg McCarn. I believe he was with Black River at the time. And or yeah, it was one of those labels. And, um, I had played a full like 35, 40 minute set of just all my own songs opening up for this artist. And he's like, what do you have going on? What's like your story or whatever? And 
kind of gave him the background of me just living in Buffalo. And he's like, you need to move to Nashville. That's the only way you're going to do it. Yeah. He's like, if you want this that bad, like you have to move. There's no other question. And like three months later, I packed up a rental car and came down here. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, Chris had been super nice about everything and was like, Hey, you should, uh, you know, come by the studio or come by the house and let's get together. Let's talk. Let's whatever. And I ended up meeting a guy named BJ Hill who works for Warner Chapel. It was like my first meeting in town and, uh, I grew up playing hockey my whole life. And the first, I think before he even said anything about music, he asked me if I was available to play the game that night that they had. And a uh, true story, I walked into the locker room and Stefano was the goalie. So it was just like a very serendipitous, yeah. like, okay, I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be type thing. Yep. And then I don't know, man, me and Chris have just stayed buddies over the last, like, course of that was like seven years maybe eight years probably less than that it was like six years and then he offered me the the pub deal when yeah. he started win songs yeah yeah which is like mind-blowing to think that i could just even compete with that guy or let alone anybody in this town and it's just super fun man i yeah. love it yeah I love it's, it. it's been a yeah it's been fun sitting back just as a buddy watching yeah. you know just uh so much stuff going on so um, yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about your, your artist career. Yeah. Um, you know, you've, you've put out some great songs and, um, you've, I know you've got a lot of great things coming as an artist and a writer, uh, some, yeah. something that's very huge that we're not going to yeah. talk about today cause we can't. Yeah. Um, but just a little teaser for everybody out there listening, uh, watching what, it, what, maybe March, April, something Knock like on that. Wood, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, the plan. yeah. So, um, some, some, uh, some big things happening, but, um, like w when you moved here, was that the mindset as like, Hey, I want to be a writer or I want to be an artist. Um, Oh, I was going artist all day. Okay. You know, like I knew I loved writing songs and I think that I've always had it in my head that like, that'll never change. And like, I will forever write songs that I want to write for me. Yep. Um, I think the idea of writing for other people came in later into my thought process of moving here, but, um, it was always for sure, like, you know, an artist thing. And I, there was a, a trying to think of who said it to me or who asked me the question, but, uh, one of like the fellows here that work in the industry kind of like asked me, he's like, Would, like, if you gun to your head, are you taking the artist career, or the songwriting career? And I just, like, love the energy that comes from performing in front of people. Yeah. So, like, if, if you mean, like, if I have a gun to my head, I'm take, I'm asking you where the stage is and where's the where's the mic and, like, let's get this thing, let's get this party started. Yeah. But I, I just, I love both aspects of it. But, yeah, the artist thing for me is um, I just get, like, adrenaline rush that no, nothing can beat, you know? Yeah. I mean, coming from a guy that was uh, – Turning turned on to country music because of uh, a rocker like Literally, Keith yeah, Urban, an entertainer then, of yeah. the year for yeah. you know decades. Yeah. yeah, you know it's cool. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, like, fill us in. What's like? What's been going on? And uh, what do you have coming out? Yeah. So I put out the project Dreamers back in 2022 in January, and that had like 13 songs on it, and it was a blast to like create that with Chris and a lot of the guys that I wrote the songs with and stuff. And, um, it was an awesome project to be like, Hey, like I, I can put together a piece of work, you know? And, um, I think since then I've just been really kind of diving in on what I want to sound like. 
Because I feel like we've evolved so heavily in country music, especially that it's like, instead of trying to be country music, and this might sound weird, but like let country music come to you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like we have so many guys out there that have recreated this genre, which I think is amazing. You know, not, I'd, no knock to the old stuff. I love it all. Like I've literally gone back and listened to all the records. I mean, as old as like 70s country stuff or like like everything. Yeah. And I think it's like just evolved so much becoming more of a uh mainstay genre than it used to be. Like I feel like the country concerts have taken over the rock concerts. Yeah. You know, I and, agree. Uh, I mean my first concert was Poison and Rat, like yeah. 80s hair metal yeah. to the day. I love it. And That's that was my first moment yeah. of like I want to do this, you know. This is a rock show, let's go. Uh, yeah, up. exactly. It was all that, yeah. man. And I was, I had the hair down to like my shoulders. I had the red bandana. I was, yeah. I thought I was Brett Michaels for <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, but I think it's just like a, it, it's just such an evolved genre that my background, I guess, and my like love for the, the early 2000s, like alternative rock has kind of been coming back out into what I've been writing lately for the last year. And it's been really cool to like dive into that sound of, you know, like I said before, like Third Eye Blind, Matchbox 20, Goo Goo Dolls. Uh, I mean, Gavin being a huge influence when I was growing up yeah. and now being able to like call him a buddy is pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of where like my artist is direction is going. And I feel like it's always been that. I just had to find my way through how to write those songs and make them feel like they belong here and those stories that we tell in the songs belong in this genre. Yeah. Man, I love that. I think that's so important and, um, you know, great advice for everybody listening because sure. it's like, you know, people people that don't understand that probably have this idea of like country music is a big belt buckle and a big cowboy yeah. hat yeah. and like, you know, and, um, you know, it's it if you're not evolving with what's going on, like, guys like us that grew up with you know po poison warren yeah. skid row you know that like the rocking you know sebastian box the greatest singer yeah, of all time dude um you know it's like but country in my opinion yeah. is like country is a lifestyle you know it's like yeah. it's it's not a music genre necessarily so right. it's like if you're gonna if you become a country artist it's like and you grew up on that rock then it's obvious that that's going to be an influence sure. into that. Same thing as like, you know, some of the other guys that are out right now that grew up on Hank and, and George and exactly. you know, all of that. So, you know, I think, um, you know, you and I have, uh, we go way back and we've, sure. we've had a lot of great times and you're a big tequila drinker. Oh yeah. So it's <laughs> like finding out who you are. Do you want to take that, uh, pure tequila yeah. or do you want to have a watered down version of it sure. to try to fit into this box of what everybody yeah. else is doing? And so, I think it takes time and like, yeah. you know, this is, year 10 i think for me being here and like they call it the 10 year town whatever yeah. i think no matter what like even even keith urban who's you know been here 30 years is still like evolving and finding who he is every yeah. time he puts out a song yeah and it's like i think it's just an ongoing evolution as an artist and you're doing yourself a disservice as an artist if you don't keep evolving how you write and then produce and create music and there's this community here the the community here in this town is so incredibly insane 
that if you're not an artist that's like really pushing to be the best version of you every time you put a song out, every time you write something for yourself, I just think you're doing yourself a disservice. And like, I don't find a lot of people in this town that do that because I feel like everybody really like wants to work and like be different and come up with the the next, obviously everybody wants a hit. Like who doesn't want a hit? Like yeah. who doesn't want hit records? Who doesn't want, you know, 52 of them or however many Garth has or 70, however many George Strait has, who wouldn't want that? That's amazing. That's yeah. like the goal for everybody. Who doesn't want to sell out stadiums? I mean, that's the, that's the idea. Yeah. But it's like, if you're not creating it for yourself, I feel like it's not going to hit the people in the audience the same way as if you really make sure it's coming from who you are. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way that that. you, as a fan, you can hear the passion and emotion through a song. Yeah. And if you can't, then at some point it's going to fall apart. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think it's, it's cool too. Cause like even artists that get, you know, pick up outside songs that they didn't write. There's something about that song that like really connects to them. And that's on certain cases, obviously. Some people are just looking for the hits to like complete the record, whatever. But there's always a few songs I think that every artist cuts that like means a lot to them or they feel it really deeply and that's why they want to put it out. And you could tell that they feel it because they sell it really well as if it like they it came from here. Yeah. Which I feel like sometimes what artists have to do, I mean, we're, you know, we're all entertainers and we're also humans and we're trying to get other humans to buy tickets. Yeah. And the only way they do that is if they like what they hear out of the artist. So trying to, this community is the best place to do that and find all those great songs. But yeah, I think it was like a, the last year and a half has been a really cool, like figuring out what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you said something there that's also, um, really important is like as an artist who also is a great songwriter and you know, you've, you are, you're, you're a phenomenal songwriter. Appreciate that. But I think like I've sat down with so many people that are songwriters that are chasing that artist career. Right. And when you look at everything they put out, every single thing they put out, they wrote. Yeah. And not that that's a bad thing necessarily, but I think that's really important that like you, you have that mindset and I've heard songs that you've put out that you didn't write. And it's like, when you hear that, like, you know, you can, you can, there's, there's the, the Stefanos, there's the Ashley Gorleys, there's the, you know, I mean, on and on and on. Knock on the door. I mean, we write songs every single day. Right. I'm sure there's something in their catalogs. Exactly. Any of the people's here's catalogs. That's like, okay, that's a hit, but nobody's picked it up as a major artist, and maybe I could be the guy. Yeah. And if it resonates with you here, like, it's going to resonate with the audience if you, you know, if if it, I feel like if any song hits a, an artist as a, like, if I write a song from a life experience and I go and sing it, that's what, like, you want that feeling between right. you and the fans of, like, wow, this guy, like, literally has gone through this and felt this. If somebody else wrote it, but you've gone through it, yeah, you, you get still the same. Feel it. You get the same feeling. Exactly. Just because you didn't put the pen on the paper doesn't mean like it's a a bad song at yeah. all. It just means that you're gonna help your buddies win when it goes big. You know. What yep. I mean? This episode is brought to you by All Clear Audio. 
All Clear Audio is a custom and universal in-ear monitor company based in Minneapolis, Minnesota, with a storefront right here in Nashville, Tennessee, where we film the Stories Behind the Songs podcast. All Clear strives to not only be the leading provider of high-quality, custom, and universal fit in-ear monitors, but also leads the way in customer service and care. With custom starting at dual driver all the way to 13 drivers, there's something for everyone. Head over to allclair.com, that's A-L-C-L-A-I-R.com, and use our code SBTSONGS to receive 10% off. Thank you for the sponsorship. We love you guys at All Clear, and we hope that everyone out there listening takes advantage of this and enjoys them as well. Um, speaking of pen to paper, uh, what what do you think uh, like your favorite story of a song that you mm. did write is? Mm. Um, man, at least off the Dreamers record, there's there's a few. Um, not to be like the hopeless romantic guy, but we, uh, me, Jordan Walker, who obviously yep. is a great friend of ours, and Jacob Davis. Um, yep. We had been talking about writing, 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 and like finally got one on the books through all the publishers and everybody's people or whatever. And I remember showing up to Black River. Jordan had picked me up from my place from like the eight minute drive from Germantown to Music Row. We were just kind of talking about like, the the vibe of what we wanted to write today and we were like in a really good mood it was a good morning and he was jordan and just wouldn't stop talking and he's like talking about this artist and that artist and we were listening to like a ton of john belly and stuff and it, um when we got into the room it was like i want to say not even five minutes into the sitting there and jacob started playing this little piano piece and I, I believe, like, in the room, there's, like, this huge wall of curtains, kind of similar to, like, the curtains you have here. And, like, Jordan just wrapped himself up in them, and he started singing this melody. And he was, he was literally, like, in the curtain. <laughs> and he started doing the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And um, he, like, un- <laughs> like pulled his face back, and Jacob was like, yep, keep going. And he was, like, just kept playing. And I brought up this idea um, of the title Lucky Me. And, you know, I kind of built this whole concept in my head of like, man, all of these things could go wrong in my day, in my life. I could be on my deathbed and like all that stuff would suck. But if I looked at you, I'd be the luckiest guy ever. And it was kind of like this, this like, you know, hopeless romantic thought process of like, I mean, the first line is I could have a million bad days and it's just, you know could have all the bad things even when the wolves are calling me and like I'm getting my I'm getting my butt kicked in the backyard. Yeah. All I got to do is walk through the door and see you and that's it. Like I'm all that stuff goes in the in the back. Yeah. And I know I remember Jordan like coming up with a couple of the first verse lines and he's like thinking about it and and then we ended up writing I think we ended up writing the second verse before we even wrote the first one. Cuz he said something like uh there like there's a look in your eyes. I'm trying to remember my own lyrics. Obviously, that's just how it goes. But um, there's it's more than just a look in your eye or something like that. And it just talks about her and like how what she looks like. Whereas the first one's like, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side of life, and it's more like a life thing. And then it comes into, but when I come home after all these things, it's you. Mm. And then it's her. And it's just like all this stuff about just good love and the idea of being lucky with the person that you're with. 
And I just remember that being like such a smooth ride. Like we had such a blast. I don't think anybody left to get coffee, water, snacks, nothing like that. Like you normally do throughout the day. We were just so locked in on how like really cool the piano felt in that room. It was just a huge grand piano in the middle of an empty room. Yeah. And it was just like me and Jordan already walked in with this like, give me an arena song. You know, like we want the arena to feel what we're about to write today. And I, in my opinion, obviously not that it matters, but it matters to me because I wrote it and yep. with these guys that I love and, um, I put it out and get to play it all the time when I'm on tour. And it's like, I feel like we nailed that arena feeling of like you two in a stadium and just <laughs> like, yeah, it's just got like that. And Chris nailed the production. You know what I mean? Like he just, he, I told him what I wanted and he just went all the way in got on you. it. Yeah. I mean, it's got the big toms. It's got the huge, like, you know, floor toms, almost like worshipy feeling kind of thing, which is even a great lead into that idea of like, after we wrote it, we're like, man, this would be, you take out the girl and the baby and every single like part of the song that it's in there. And I mean, it could be a worship song. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, man, I could be going through the dumps, but all I got to do is look up and lucky me, man. Yeah. Lucky me to be breathing. Yeah. So it was like a really, it's like a really cool moment. And we even said that in the room that day. We're like, dang, we should pitch this to elevation worship or something yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. But it's just, it, cause it feels like that kind of vibe, which I love. And it's like all the newer artists like need to breathe. And I mean, Patrick Droney has been a huge influence over the last couple you know, years of mine hearing all that stuff and hearing guys that are just being different and writing different things that just like come from the heart and not, mm -hmm. not just to get a hit. Yeah. That's kind of been like my thought process. And like, those are, yeah, those are what becomes a hit. Yeah. Like if exactly. you were it, like if you're going through it and you're feeling it and it's coming from the heart, right. Someone in the billions of people that are on this earth, literally like, they're like, they're going to, there, somebody has gone through that too. Right. So, yeah. And I think that's the coolest part, man, is that we get to, first of all, do this for a living, which is crazy. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, I've known you a long time now and I've been able to, you've allowed me to play on your stage numerous times, a lot of times. And it's just my favorite place in Nashville. And, um, just being able to tell the stories like that. Yeah. I mean, it's a little quicker, obviously, because we're playing a full two-hour show. And there's a few of us on stage, but I know I just know like the best part is getting off the stage after the show and people coming up, and you get that one person that's like, "Man, dude, like I just went through that with my girlfriend or boyfriend or man. Like I wish I played. I wish I had this song when me and her got married or me and him got married." And it's like that really hit about like my parents and a divorce or this. And it's like the way we can write these things during the day on a weekday and then come out on a Friday or Saturday and play them, tell the story and have people that travel from all over the world into your, into here, into your building. Them could just go man, that was it. That was the one for me. Yeah. That one got me like that one hit me. Is it out? Can I hear it? Where can I hear it? And then you gain like lifelong fans and like there's people that had have come here four years ago that still come back whenever they're here and they see my name on the thing. Like they've made trips around who's at listening. Yeah. It's really cool, man. I love it. And like we get all the, you know, all the hockey guys and their wives and like a bunch of 
friends that we've made throughout the years that don't do anything in music, this is like their arena. Yeah. You know, this is their concert for the month or whatever. And it's always so cool, man. I love it. Yeah. Well, your shows are always a blast. So. <laughs> Sometimes they're a bit too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've had some times together. Um, Tequila. Wink, wink. Yep. Um, well, what, uh, you we'll talk about a little bit about what's coming out in 24. Cause you've got, um, you've got some big plans coming up. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is, you know, we're going to, we're doing like a five or six song project, which we've literally been writing for, for a year and a half, which most people, especially nowadays with how Morgan's doing it, putting out 36 songs or whatever. Um, we're just going to do six that really. I guess make sense to what I want right now. And I'm sure 10 years from now it'll change, but yeah. So, uh, just so everybody understands, cause I know the answer to this, but sure. six songs on an EP coming out. Yeah. How many songs did you write or listen to, <laughs> to pick those six? Like 500. Yeah. Maybe even more than that. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was just a hash, like a hashing out process of like, I love the story behind that. And then we'll produce it and we'll listen to it and we're like, ah, let's reproduce it. Let's redo it. Ah, that's still not it. Maybe this just isn't the one. And we'll like toss it in the back. Yeah. And then it'll come back like a couple months later and be like, oh, maybe it is the one. We just got to re like reproduce it and make it better. But um, it's just been a matter of finding the sound. Yeah. You know, it's really cool. I feel like as artists... I feel like you become the artist once you really find what sound you want mm -hmm. to have. And I don't mean like production, da da da, whatever. I'm talking like sonically and, uh, how do you put this? And like the, the full, the full movie, not just, not just like the first 10 minutes of it. Like when you find the full movie of what, what it is Eric Van Houten wants to be and where the end is. You you can like lean into that and create just like the the perfect blend of the sound, the story, the feeling that everybody gets when they see you live. Just when you can, I'm trying to encompass everything mm -hmm. into the same, I guess, basket, so that when, like when we put these songs out. It's like a cohesive thing, and everybody's like, "Oh man, this is I get it. This is what he's been trying to do for like the last two years." Yeah, it's just like me. I guess that's the easiest way to put it. Like I'm trying to be me. Yeah. Whether it's it. like from here, like what I what I listen to on a daily basis, what I what I hear people talk about, stories that people tell me, like I want it to just feel like a movie, and I want the the front end of it and the end of it. Like I want the whole thing. Yeah. And then we're gonna drop it and just hopefully. It resonates. Yeah. Is there a tour planned with it? Um, we're going to be doing a bunch of shows with a bunch of people. Okay. It's kind of, this next year is just going to be put me wherever, wherever there's fans and I'm yeah. down. Yeah. Whether it's me acoustic by myself, bringing the whole band. I think like, uh, I've taken, I took a bit of a hiatus from the artist career strictly to focus on the writing process. Cause I needed to find who Eric Van Houten was both sonically and story. And I think we're there. And it's just going to be a fun ride, I feel like, this year. Yeah. I would agree with you for what yeah. it's worth. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. You built the place that lets us tell the stories. 
Well, thanks, man. Yeah, this is a part of mine, you know? Like, I get to go and test these songs out and see which ones work. Yeah. Man, it's... Uh, I, thank you. I appreciate that. So many people uh, on this podcast and it shows and everything, like, they say that all the time. Like, thank you for what you built. You, but, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy, like, man. It's, but, but the thing is, I didn't. Like, you know, I, I came up with an idea, but it's it's you and all of my buddies like yeah. we built this like yeah. you know this wouldn't be That's here cool. if it wasn't for all of the songwriters um, sure and it just you know it's like because i'm a songwriter and and an yeah. artist myself you know that that i had a passion for it but right. but it's not mine man it's ours i think that's really cool yeah that's very selfless of you because like you know we all freaking love you man and it's like you've allowed us to You've allowed some guys that, that we know personally to come up here and literally get deals, like get record yeah. deals and get pub deals because they've played a show here. Yeah. And like, that's just a special thing, man. And I feel like wherever that logo's sitting in whatever building it's in, it's a special thing. I'm just happy to be a part of it. Thanks, man. Well, man, thank you for, uh, for sitting down and thank and you sharing part of your story. I can't wait to, uh, you know, have you back, um, Absolutely. and talk about like what happened in 2024. Exactly. Yeah. Let's do this a year from now. And exactly. See what yeah. Yeah. So we'll put, uh, we'll put liner notes, uh, in this episode for everybody to, to find you on Sweet. socials and website and yeah. all that to, to keep up. But before we wrap up, sure. um, I always end with the same question. So I know you've listened to a lot of these episodes, yep. so you know what's coming. But yep. um, if you go back to eight-year-old Eric Van Houten yep. in Buffalo, New York, everything that you've gone through and you have learned since you've been in Nashville, what advice yeah. do you give yourself? Oh, man. I've actually thought about this one because I knew it was coming and I just <laughs> didn't know. I, I There's like a few things, but I think the most important is just um, like stay the course and just be patient. Because I think a lot of people move here, come here and want everything to happen right away. I know mm -hmm. I did. And yeah. like, that was my thing. Like I was like, man, I'm going to move there. I got all these connections. It's going to work out right away. Everything I want is going to fall into my lap. And then it doesn't happen. And you get like super disappointed, but through the, through the process of getting disappointed and being patient, it's led me to the greatest friendships and relationships as well as having the greatest job in the world. And I think it's just, just stay the course and be patient. Trust, trust the process as they say. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Not too many guys come, uh, and go sit down at a bar the first time that they're here and yeah, find themselves surrounded was, by Chase Rice, Chris right. Young, Chris Stefano. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think that's such great advice because like whether, whether you have an experience like that or whether you're, you know, sleeping in your truck for a week yep. and don't know anybody. Yeah, um, there's so much talent that I've seen come across this stage and people are like, yeah, I've been here for a year. Nothing's happening. I'm going back home. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's you know? just the wrong idea. It's uh, it is it is it's a, a grind like it's not going to happen. Yeah, overnight. It, it is. It is the the hardest, literally the hardest thing that you can decide to do with yeah. your life. So you have to love it and you have yeah. to know that, like, you're going to be eaten beans and ramen you know yep. for a long time but uh if you have that passion yeah. that drive and that dedication and determination i feel like you're really like, fun to go uh, to go on to all the things that we've discussed today too i feel like you really find if you're an artist and you move here i feel like you really find who you are as an artist in like right in the middle of all the 
the BS. Like right in the middle of getting told no a thousand times. Right in the middle of not being able to pay rent. Right in the middle of not being able to go out with your buddies because you are negative in your bank account. I think it's all those little moments that create like the true artist that's in all of us. Yeah. So that's like that. the, The advice of just like be patient and stay the course. Even if you're getting a million things thrown at you, just keep going forward. I love it. This town will be good to you if you don't quit. Yep. Yep. And you're not a quitter, brother. No. You're going to keep going. Absolutely. Good, I'm good. running through this brick wall. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I love man. you, man. I appreciate you. I love you too, dude. Thank you so much Come for on. being here. Thank you, bro. Thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure you follow us on Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Hit that subscribe button. It really, uh, really helps us out. And this has been another episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Eric Van Houten. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair. Make sure to give us a follow on Spotify if you enjoyed this episode. And make sure you click that notification button so you can keep notified when new episodes come out. We release brand new episodes every Tuesday. And you can find us on YouTube at Stories Behind the Songs with Chris Blair or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to send us a comment letting us know what you thought of the episodes. We love getting your feedback and share this with your friends. The more we grow, the more that we can keep doing this. It's our mission to bring you all of these great stories behind the songs from some of Nashville's most iconic artists and songwriters, publishers, producers, everyone in between, and a lot of my great friends. We love what we do and we love sharing their stories with you. We appreciate all of the continued support. Thanks also to all of our sponsors and we will see you all next week.